It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling on hour two, Football Friday. John Von Tobel, Cofield, down here at TI Vegas, inside the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, back in our Finley Toyota Studios. It's Damon. Uh, just to follow up that conversation we just had with uh, Darius Johnson, one of the defensive linemen for UNLV, out to a 5-1 and one start. Uh, this defense has been pretty good. Last week got a little gashed in the second half. We're going to hear from Barry Odom later in the show about uh, letdowns because a media member on Monday was like, how is it possible that you guys never have a letdown? And Odom's like, we just had a letdown. <laughs> the second half, again, I mean, the Wolfpack did some sure. damage in the second half. But, uh, yeah, Darius Johnson's a good story. And the reason we picked that part of the conversation, it's a longer conversation. It's up on the web uh, at UNLV All Access, at Steve Cofield, at Caleb Herring underscore. He talked about his wrestling background. High-level, heavyweight wrestler, high school, into junior college. Wrestling, I think, is such an advantage for defensive linemen and offensive linemen, but especially for defensive linemen. And he mentioned it, uh, the little, you know, if people don't cover MMA, um, one of the big things you'll hear about someone like Daniel Cormier, right? Who's now retired, but fought at heavyweight at five foot ten. And people would always say, like, if that guy gets you around the neck for control, right? And you really can't do that in football. But what you can do as a defensive lineman, you can work your hands yeah. and wrist. And let me tell you, if a good wrestler gets a hold of you on your wrist, I don't care if you are six eight and four hundred pounds and think you're the most powerful dude going, you ain't getting loose. That's why I like – I think actually DeMond – I'll give DeMond credit on this one. I can't remember who we talked to, but we were talking with somebody uh, on the UNLV staff, and DeMond asked the question like, hey, in other sports, what other qualities do you look for in good you know, players at your position? So to see what that crossover is in certain positions, to see what they're looking for, is always pretty fascinating because sometimes you won't make the connection of what you're looking for. Uh, he also mentioned – Caleb brought it up. No, actually, uh, Darius Johnson, the defensive lineman for UNLV, brought it up that last week – the, uh, the big fellows on the D-line went to a haunted house. And that Ben Key, who's like 6'4", 300 pounds, got scared. Man, I wish. How about that bonding? It's big good. fellas. Holding each other as they the like walk house? through? Yeah. I'd be down with that. Some little skinny guy in makeup is scaring some dude who's 6'4", 300 pounds. When was the last time you went to a haunted house like that? Uh, maybe like 10 years ago. Man, I want to go every year. But yeah. Isabel's such a chicken. Really? Yeah. Just never wants to go. She loves Halloween, but just never wants to go, and I'm 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 disappointed every year. It's it's our biggest fight every year. I do everything for this family, and all I want, I want is a haunted house. Yeah. Can't get it. All right, big four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. Well, I know for sure that you're getting to do something that you want to do relatively soon. Whatever happened with this? Uh, what is it? Like dark dinner? Yeah. So today we are going out. Uh, oh, you are today? Yeah, tonight. Uh, after uh, after the show, we are heading out. There's a, a local spot where it is a seven-course meal. We're, ha- we're going for our anniversary. We didn't get to go a couple of weeks ago. So seven-course meal, but all in pitch black darkness. So they're going to lead you in. Yeah, you're going to lead you in. You're going to sit down at the table. You don't know what's coming. You get to see the menu afterwards. I will say, because I don't want to call them out, I'm, I'm open to the experience, so I'm not a vegan. I enjoy certain vegan foods. They do not prominently display that's an all-vegan menu. I found out through reviews oh, wow. that that was the case. 
So I'm kind of going in with like a little bit of a, uh, like, again, like there's certain vegan spots around town that will actually frequent because they're really good. But I want to be told up front what I'm getting into. So I, I feel a little misled there. So we'll see what happens later tonight. But I, I'm open to the experience of like, just dining in the dark, just pitch black darkness. Wow. Well, that's adventurous because what if they go with a couple of dishes that actually have fake meat? Right. Because the texture on those sometimes. Oh, and that's and that's part of the thing, right, is since you're in the dark, you're cut off to your, you know, your visuals. So texture becomes a big deal. Smell, taste, obviously. Like it all becomes kind of a really big part of the experience. So I'm very interested. Again, I'm really happy that I'm already open to vegan food as it is. But I, I, I am very much interested to see how this is going to look. They make you lock your phone in a, in a locker. Like you can't. Oh, wow. Because they don't want you to have your phone. To, to, it ruins, right, the, the whole perception of everything. Like you can't have any light in this room. Who's more likely in the couple to not like it? Her, Isabel. Okay. Only because she's she's kind of like I mentioned a chicken, and even though we're going to be sitting together, I, she's already kind of made, like given voice to the fact that sitting just in the pitch black darkness kind of gives her the heebie-jeebies. Damon, this sounds like uh, uh, rich people stuff, rich people activities. Life has become. So bored Yes With regular awesome meals And we have to spice it up We're going to go in the dark We don't know what we're eating It's crazy Because I've got money Yeah it's it's a I real mean, no for me I typical, mean the experience Typical JBT but, Typical yeah. JBT The Von Tobles are living a different lifestyle Than the rest TV, of us TV Being national A lot of money Having my car Expensive dinners <laughs> <laughs> Really Really living it up <laughs> Number three Number three. Will you be nervous about talking to, talking much with your wife? Oh, that's because that's another. You like you don't know who's around you, right? I know we're on number three, but I'll just say really quickly. No, we can keep going number four because it's hit me. From yeah, I've had this happen where I was out and was just annihilating a coworker. Yeah, and then after like forty five minutes, someone came over. And they're like, "Hey, you're, you're Steve Cofield, right?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah." Like, oops. Or if I'm annihilating you do, a coworker, you do radio. I'm a big fan of so and so. I'm like, eh, I might have been just talking about the person. Or what if they're sitting next to me? I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> because we're in the darkness. <laughs> but I will say, like, that is the other aspect of this, which is I think it's kind of a normal restaurant setting. It's just in the dark. Wow. So, like, I think there's going to be music. You're going to have other people around you talking and doing all sorts of stuff. But it's it's just total darkness. So it's going to be kind of yeah. weird. And, and even then, too, the the waiters have night vision goggles. So they can see everything. Oh, wow. So, like, they can sneak up on you if you want. You got no idea. You can't pick your nose. Can't do anything. They're going to see oh, I would. See, I would feel such freedom. You would, but that's the thing. You don't because you there's actually people nose. watching. Yeah. Damn it. Scratch your butt. No way. It doesn't sound as fun as it sounded yep. when you first pitched it. All right, number three again. Number three. You see that uh, Kelsey has now fallen victim to being – to kind of feeling shame about his house that was about a million dollars. <laughs> he said it was being stocked, but a lot of people think that he's just trying to keep up with Swift. So he just bought a $6 million home from uh, some personal injury attorney in Kansas City. Personal injury? Wow, I got to get in on this. Uh, a little late. Uh, well, yeah, I guess she's still good. <laughs> you're, you're young. Never too late. Never too late. Uh, what do you or, or hang out with Justin more. Um, trying to keep up with the Joneses. So I now, do, he, now he's upgraded from a million dollar home to $6 million. I do love the, like, I don't know if this happened. I'm just going to assume it did. Things are getting a little like, hey, after the Chiefs game, things get a little hot and heavy. Let's invite Taylor back. As she walks to your place, she's like, oh, this is it? This is cute. Yeah, like, this, this is cute. <laughs> like, Come on. This million-dollar man. A million-dollar house. And, and not that Kansas City is like dirt cheap, but a million-dollar house in Kansas City is a pretty freaking nice house. Right. So, like, I can imagine. It's a nice house here, in. too. She's like, oh, this is nice. Like, where's your main home? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh. 
If you got it, this is cute. Oh, no. He's like, um, oh, it's, it's getting built, actually. I got another place coming. And, like, immediately afterwards, he's like, texting her, I got to get another house. Like, you know, Taylor's really not impressed with this thing. Can it, can it really be that bad in terms of, like, the privacy? Or was it, like, a one person? And he was just like, all right, I got to get a new house. I mean, if you don't live in a gated community with security. Yeah, I guess so. Paparazzi, now he's entering that world. This is what he wanted. USA Today did hire a Taylor Swift writer. Maybe maybe that's the person that's Wait, bothering. what? Oh, you didn't see this from like no. a month ago? No. Yeah, you. I think it's USA Today has a, like a dedicated Taylor Swift beat writer now. That's a gig. Oh, yeah, it is. Pretty good. So now that person's just camped out in Kansas City all the time? Yeah, like I wonder what you cover. You know? Like, I guess you have to Hopefully come up with the topics City. yourself, but yeah. Nothing against you KC people, but... I, I do about four days there. That's enough for me. I mean, she's about to start up the Eras tour again, right? I think she's going back on the like the last leg of it, coming up here in like a day or two. So. The movie's doing bonkers in theaters, so that's I can't wrap my head around that experience. Number two. So as we talked uh, about twenty minutes, uh, if I can speak English, twenty minutes ago we spoke about how low the scoring has been. Offensive output in the NFL is not good. A lot of it's happening in college too. Who has the stones to bet over 30 and a half? 30 and a half. Iowa, Minnesota, because I did it last week with Iowa, and it didn't even sniff it. What was it, 21 total? Yeah, yeah. 15 to 6. You know, the funny thing is, while we're mocking on Iowa, they are winning. Dude, they're 5-1. They're, they're, they're ranked now, I think, right? I think they're ranked. I mean, they, they could still win their division, obviously. There's They could be a playoff team. If you realistically think about it, they could win their division, again, with only one loss. The only loss, by the way, being to Penn State. And then if you pull an upset in the Big Ten title game, you're talking about a one-loss Iowa, the only loss being the Penn State and a Big Ten champion. That's a playoff team with one of the worst offenses in the country. I thought Navy Air Force was kind of crazy, too. You see that number? No. I, what was that one? It's 33-and-a-half. I mean, these service Air Force academies. averages 36 points a game. They're the number one rush team in the country. Service Academy unders. Market loves betting them under. Have you seen the numbers over the years it's, on this one? It's absolutely. I don't know if I put it in our notes. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Look at this. Armed Forces game. The under 24 and 3 in Armed Forces games in the last decade. Say again? The under 24 and 3 in Armed Forces games in the last decade. 24 to 27. And with the new rules, obviously, right, with the clock still moving, no no stoppage on first downs. It's going to help you out. I will say, going back to Iowa and Minnesota, the one thing that I would generally agree with your sentiment, hey, we're betting this thing over, right? The wind is supposed to be in the range of like 25 to like 30 miles an hour. So even what poor passing attacks you already have are going to be absolutely just like sideswiped by the fact that this win could be insane. I'm still going over. Number one. And I'm still going to lose again. You know, I, I started thinking about a couple, couple days off. Yeah, I pondered life. And I thought about who my friends are. And then I thought, you know, I wish I had friends like Mark Davis, who would give me something at a discounted value so I could buy into security for my family for generations. Or pay your money back for your car. Because that's what... That's what's happening right now with Mark Davis. And I don't know why Davis is doing it. So if his team is valued at $6.2 billion and he's selling 10% of the team, do the math, we're talking about $620 million is what Tom Brady should be giving... Mark Davis to get 10% of the team. Instead, he's going to pay $175 million for 10% of the team. And boy, oh boy, I'll tell you what. Go read threads under under any story about this, right? Or the comments. I'm sorry, a thread would have all the comments. 
and see how naive people are when it comes to finances. Basically, it's like, what is it the rest of the leagues and the other owners' business? I mean, what is it? It devalues their team. Right, of course. Someone actually threw out there, hey, it'd be like me putting my house on the market for a price, and then all the neighbors are worried about what I'm selling it for. Yeah! 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 Yes! That's that's real. Yes, you nailed it. Yes, that. <laughs> thank you. Comps are kind of important, right? Yeah. Like I think I think my house is worth five twenty-five. Your realtor's like uh, the comps in the area say uh, the max you can go on this is three ninety-five. Right. What? Yeah, that that's it. That's it. Yes, it's all linked together. The NFL's all linked together. Mark Davis can't arbitrarily just sell to a friend at a discount. But here's my question: Is Brady really a friend, or is he being a D in this case? What is he trying to pull? Oh, if someone offered you something at, in this case, it's like freaking 70% off what the price should be. Wouldn't you be like, I can't do that to you. I have this money. What percentage is that? That's what I'll take. Not here's 10%. When it's not 10%, I'm like, I'm, I really, I think Brady's kind of being a jerk. He's, he's using Mark Davis. This screams not cool kid trying to get in with the cool kid by letting him copy off his homework. Who's the not cool kid? Tom Brady, clearly. No, it's like Mark. Mark, you're better than this. Tell Brady to kick rocks just because he's handsome and one of the best quarterbacks ever. He doesn't deserve it. Also, think about what he did to your franchise all those years ago. I don't understand this from the get-go. As a Raiders insider, Mark, I'm speaking to you. Don't do it. As a Raiders, you're not, you're not a Raiders insider. Please stop. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Calling from anywhere in the state of Nevada. 766-1400. Again, I think it'll be huge for, for everybody involved that follows our program. One of the expectations, I mean, UNLV football should be ranked. We should be in bowl season. We should be competing for championships. That's what this place should be. You know, the opportunity to go get that first check mark. Big picture looking at where this program needs to be and we're going. That's that's one small step. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. That's crazy to think, isn't it? It's almost been 10 years since UNLV qualified for a bowl game, and the way Barry Odom looks at it, this is the way it's supposed to be. This is a step. Making a bowl game, he didn't say it, should be a given. uh, Make it it a habit, and then we can all talk like that. Uh, Obviously, it's a big deal that they're this close through six games to being bowl eligible. I asked Caleb yesterday, how do you feel knowing that your title of last UNLV quarterback to lead them to a bowl might be at risk here? if they qualify and he said good it should be that way i'm tired of the title right. so it's kind of the same thing like it should be a regularity it shouldn't be something that is that long in between matt Neverts with us here on this friday matt what's up buddy hey what's going on guys i got a quick nugget about uh caleb herring as we're getting ready for this game uh, not only is he the last unlv quarterback to lead them to a bull he's the last unlv quarterback to lead them to a win against colorado state all the way back in 2011 wow that's a pretty good nugget i didn't realize that by the way, you know what? I'm glad we're talking to you. We brought your name up. Were your ears ringing on Monday? Because Adam, uh, Adam invoked your name because we had a, a little bit of a controversy involving you at the beginning of the year. Were you right? You saw this coming the whole time, Matt. They're 5-1, and one and they're undefeated in conference play. You know, as I, as I said on this show back then, whenever it was, uh, you know, it's Las Vegas. It's a calculated gamble. And so far, uh, I'm, I'm on house money at, at the moment. 
for those who don't remember, Matt was the alone first place vote for UNLV and Mount West Media Days. It caused quite a stir to the point where I've yeah. never seen Adam Hill walk around fast like faster before. <laughs> uh, he was, he was going to was. Gonna find out who the homer was, yep. and uh, in the end, it looks like a pretty solid pick. And it's funny, I was I thought of you, Matt, with your pick today because uh, San Jose State is sitting at two and five, and a lot of people were very high in San Jose State to be a top yep. four team, and it's been a disaster for him so far. So. Matt does the uh, Cover 12 podcast for Mountain West Conference football. So let's go through the uh, Mountain West slate, and then we'll hype up UNLV and Colorado State, which is on Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network this weekend. We were just talking about Air Force and Navy, and, boy, the total on this is fascinating, especially when you pair it with a 10, 10.5-point uh, spread with Air Force favored. The total's only 33 and a half. Yeah, and I think the number in the Service Academy unders is gaudy in the last uh, however many years. I think it's like 20 and 5 to the under. Of course, as the uh, uh, as, as legal sports betting has been you know spread around the country and there's more, uh, more information in general, more access to that information, I think that that is the number one uh, public play in, in any game involving these, uh, these service academies. So that number obviously being, being driven down by a lot of that action, but it, it's for a reason. I mean, this is an Air Force team that gets all the credit in the world for the rush offense under Coach Troy Calhoun, as it should, you know, the tried-and-true triple option offense, but they don't get enough credit for their defense. A lot of it is due to the fact that they, you know, typically win the time of possession battle because of the way that they run the offense. But as of right now, they're looking to go back-to-back in terms of total defense, number one in the country for, for two years in a row. Um, so it, it's it's an interesting matchup here uh, Air Force, the top team in the Mountain West to get it started, the only team at 6-0 and to get the 2023 campaign started. The one thing that is interesting to me, guys, if you look at the betting number, I've seen it at around 10.5. Typically, you want to look at a dog in a situation like this in terms of winning money. Uh, but in terms of what we think could happen, it, it all depends on how much you – uh, put stock into the backup quarterback. A big note in this one, Air Force starting quarterback Zach Larrier, who is a multiple-time Mountain West track uh, medalist, is, is going to be out for a couple of weeks with a knee injury. Jensen Jones is going to be the name to keep an eye out for. That's who's filling in for him. Uh, it, it all starts and ends with Jensen Jones running this offense. What do we do with Hawaii? Because uh, Rainbows kind of took it on the chin, right? Uh, to completely outgained San Diego State. Yards per play over seven, yet they lost the game. Now you get the moribund uh, New Mexico Lobos. They're catching. The Lobos are a point. What do you do with this matchup? I mean, it's two of the bottom defenses in the conference. Both are ranked in terms of the uh, bottom third in the country or so in terms of total defense overall. And both teams also have struggled with the turnover this year. So I think this one comes down to uh, how much you value the Hawaii passing offense. Comes in as a, as a top 20 unit in all of college football. And it, it, it is not a strength as far as the passing defense for this New Mexico squad, 95th in the country in terms of total passing defense. That's out of 133. So uh, it's it's a game that the number indicates everyone thinks is going to be close. I don't think that's too far from the truth, but I, I think it's going to come down to something late, and I think that this Hawaii offense is better apt to uh, take advantage of this weak New Mexico defense, at least so far this year. What do you do with San Jose State, as uh, Steve mentioned? We, we, San Jose State. Did you talk about this one, or you just mentioned San Jose State? All right, cool. Sorry, I've been watching this baseball game as well, so I'm a little uh, yeah, We didn't little get to the matchup yet. Okay, so San Jose State, four-point favorite against Utah State. I was actually one of those people, as Steve mentioned, that thought a lot of San Jose State coming into this year. They're a four-point favorite. Yeah, I, I was right there with you, JVT. Uh, this, this offense under Chevin Cordero, you know, a veteran leader in this offense. Brent Brennan, a well-coached team. Uh, the, a lot of the struggles this year have been injuries. They've got 
uh, five offensive injuries on the on the report coming into this week, including their third leading leading receiver in Charles Ross, who's gotten a lot of the touches. A lot of the the, the pressure goes to the top couple of receivers for uh, for San Jose State. But this Utah State defense. Overall, I think as a unit, has been one of the more disappointing ones in the Mountain West this year. Uh, San Jose State had a really tough beginning of the season. They played USC and Oregon State back-to-back. I think they're a little better in terms of being battle-tested and and when in doubt, give the benefit of the doubt to the home team. I, I got the Spartans in this one. Did both of you guys watch San Diego State in Hawaii last week? Not like Usually, yeah, I caught the tail end. My Lord, San Diego State is struggling right now, and... To see them only a 12.5-point favorite over a winless Nevada team at home uh, says a lot. One, no one's going to show up No one's gonna show up to the game for the Aztecs, so it'll be a, a quiet atmosphere. And you know what? The Wolfpack have their moments where they are plucky. I wonder if they can stay within two touchdowns in this game against the Aztecs. I could see it. And, I mean, Steve and I, you were, Steve and I were on the call of the uh, the – battle for the Fremont Canada against UNR last weekend. I was really impressed, Steve, with, uh, with what we saw from Brendan Lewis in a game that uh, really the, uh, there was one point before the Jackson Woodard interception where, uh, you know, Nevada looked like they were going to make it close. But a game where UNLV was looking like they were going to be the winners, you know, wire to wire more or less. I was really impressed with what we saw in the effort from uh, from UNR quarterback Brendan Lewis. I, I think a lot of it starts and ends with him. But, and I think that this is a big put up or shut up game for Jalen Maiden uh, for, for the Aztecs. He is a dual threat quarterback. And one thing that this Reno defense has not done well typically this year is contain the running quarterbacks. Uh, and the other thing, too, is if you watch the end of that San Diego State-Hawaii game, or the the, uh, the San Diego State game last week, I should say, they uh, they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. So they, they figured something out, and I think they can ride a lot of that success into uh, an even worse defense this week in the Wolfpack. Can UNLV handle Colorado State easily? The Rams have their moments where they don't look great on offense, but, man, when they get it going, they are freaking explosive. Yeah, and I mean, when, when it comes down to it, this is a Colorado State team that is one of the most improved teams in all of college football. The record at 3-3, three and three, maybe not a shining example, but one of the numbers that we'll feature on the broadcast tomorrow is that this is the fourth most improved offense in FBS from last year to this year and the second most improved passing offense. This is a, a passing offense that is number one in the, uh, in the Mountain West Conference. They really struggle running the ball, so I think as long as UNLV can maintain their gaps in the 3-3-5 coverage and uh, do a good job of keeping guys inside the, the tackle box. They can focus a little bit more pressure on the uh, defensive side in terms of the passing because this is a UNLV team that comes in number 124 out of 133 against the pass this year. But then on the flip side of the ball, the obvious story for UNLV is the, the rushing attack. They are ninth in the country, averaging over 220 a game. And uh, as, as we've documented throughout our broadcast and throughout the show, it's a now four-headed monster with Jordan Young-Humphrey out for an extended period of time. And they're all going to continue to split shares evenly. I, that's one thing that's Barry Odom and Brennan Marion have done a good job of controlling is just the, the, the running back rotation, really not overtaxing any of them. And I think we've seen a lot from Donovan Lester over the last two weeks if there was to be one lead back that would be my vote but obviously with all four of them you've got just about the same skill set and uh, Jada Maiava can control the ball not turn the ball over I think UNLV has got a really good chance although this is a big number don't be surprised to see Colorado State maybe backdoor this at the end radio pregame goes at three o'clock tomorrow uh, radio call of the game at 4 o'clock, same deal on the TV side on Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network. Matt Never will be on the call with myself. Uh, Matt, did you get wind of what's going on tomorrow with uh, comprehensive cancer centers of Las Vegas and the auctioning off of jerseys? 
Yeah, I sit in front of my my computer right now. Uh, it's it's going to be cool. If you haven't seen the jerseys yet, go to UNLV Football Equipment. I think is the uh, the account on Twitter, and they they tweeted out the uh, the locker room all set earlier. Instead of the red, it's going to be all pink tomorrow with black uniform tops, uh, and they're going to be auctioning them off all the game worn jerseys after the game. So that's a really cool initiative. I was excited to see that email come across today, and I'm I'll be really excited to promote that a couple different times throughout our broadcast. 100% of the money they make on the game-worn jerseys, 100% goes to the comprehensive cancer centers. And these are game-worn jerseys, right? Hence, yep. they're called game. They're, they're pricey. They're north of like 200 bucks. So, I mean, this is really cool uh, that UNLV is doing this. And, yeah, definitely take part in that. And also, uh, you know, I tell everyone, and Matt, you know, I know you don't get insulted. Don't watch us on TV or listen to radio. Uh, I mean, if you want to do it in the stadium, you can. Go to the game. I'd much rather have people at the game. Yep. Uh, they could create, and you know, Barry Odom wants a you know much louder atmosphere, and he laid that out earlier in the week. Um, this, I hope, this crowd pushes north of thirty thousand because it's a it's a great building, and the way this team has progressed throughout the season and their attitude, they deserve a big turnout. Yeah, and I mean, and on top of all of that, they've been a fun team to watch. I mean, it'd be one thing if they were the Iowa Hawkeyes going, you know, five and one, six and one, while scoring eighteen points a game. This is a team that scored forty or more points in. Every game except for Michigan, and that's five out of six. That's already a program record. So they're an exciting team. You're going to see a lot of offense. You're going to see a lot of explosive plays, and the defense has done a great job forcing a turnover in every game except for Michigan as well. So you'll, you'll get to see some game-changing plays on the other side of the ball as well. And, oh, yeah, they're one of the best special teams units overall in the country. Matt, we appreciate it. I'll see you tomorrow, okay? Absolutely. UNLV takes on Colorado State homecoming, 4 o'clock. There he is, Matt Neverett, always with the strong tease at the end. The TV voice of the Rebels. UNLVtickets.com is where you get your tickets. We'll have uh, more on that note about all the yardage and points they've piled up, except against Michigan. Hmm, I wonder why. External motivation with fan support, noise level, all of those things that go into it. Lined up on defense and it's third and seven, and the crowd is so loud that the quarterback has trouble communicating and the offensive line can't hear the snap count. Those are all difference makers. We can get that done in our stadium. There is fan support here. There's passion, there's energy. We feel it in the city, and it's our responsibility as, as a team and as a program to continue to build and grow that. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Barry Odom on the crowds at Allegiant Stadium, building slowly. And I've always said, and I think a lot of people in the market believe, if UNLV football became a consistent winner, then they would get pretty good crowds at Allegiant. But you've got to show people here. Um, and right now, you know, again, not to come up with a bunch of excuses as to why people don't come down. Because um, I, I still think Allegiant is pretty easy to get to because it's not in the middle of the strip. The middle of the strip right now is a living hell. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Um, so that would dissuade people. Tough is underselling it. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's pretty crazy. Because it changes every day, too. And I'm yes. not down here every day, but I am kind of through this area at least you know three or four days a week. And, man, for folks who work on the Strip, service workers, employees of the casinos, I feel for you. Yep. you know? And I know this, uh, the F1 is going to be gigantic. It's going to bring in a lot of money over the next 10 years. But the growing pains to get here have been pretty tough. Pretty tough. Which is also going to make it difficult next week, a little bit, uh, on Monday for the Aces Parade, which we'll get to. We're going to get to. Uh, the Aces Parade in, in just a little bit. I made a little joke there about UNLV football and their offensive output in every game but Michigan. 
And I want to hit on that some more. How big a deal do you think this is? If he, if, if Jim Harbaugh, and for those who haven't seen it, Harbaugh has uh, is under investigation. Michigan is for stealing signs of opponents. I mean, if it's to the point where like you're sending spies in to, you know, Spygate, sending spies in to get these signals either during practices or whatnot, then I think it's kind of a big deal. If he's doing what every coach has done, which is try to steal signals, looking at the sideline while also correlating it to a play, it's it's not that big of a deal. Everybody well, I think if it. you're stealing in game. That's just part of the game. You got to do a right. better job of protecting your signals, your cards, or whatever you got. Yeah. So that's on them. But if, if they're but giving if, them away. But if you know plays before the game and you know how they communicate them, because you are doing something that is illegal, that is a big problem. Sure. And especially, you know, especially because I'm trying to think of a coach who's you know, if it's Lane Kiffin and he's sort of a loose jackass, right? It's one thing. But you, you got a guy in Harbaugh who talks about faith all the time and, you know, th- this next level deal that he follows, his rules. And then you're still bottom of the barrel guy. Like, well, why are you lecturing us on a standard to live by? And then you're doing I mean, this. And, and, and I, I actually I don't know what the Rutgers coach was talking about when they played. But when you start putting two and two together, he was like he was just bizarre at the half. So at the half of the Michigan Rutgers game, the sideline reporter is asking something that is completely unrelated to his answer. Coach, four penalties for your team in the first half. Some that cost you. How do you clean that up in the second half? Well, there's some stuff going on out there, so we just got to slow it down a little bit. There's some things going on that aren't right as well, so we'll talk about how to handle it. This Michigan defense keeping Gavin Wimsett in this passing game in check. How do you adjust? Well, just got to keep playing. You know, in the game, we just got to keep playing. All right, thanks, Coach. Like he was completely thrown off. Now he, he wasn't going to answer either one of her questions. She didn't listen to the first answer, which which if I was doing that sideline follow up, what's going on? Well, I don't I don't know. I I think I I wouldn't have picked up on what the hell he might have been talking about. Yeah, there's some things out there that aren't right. Okay, I guess you say what's not right about your team. Right. Now she had the D, the D question was ready to go. Oh yeah, no, she was that. You, you come in with two, and I'm guilty of it too. You come in with the questions you want to ask, and you go from there. Um, I will say really quickly when you look at it, a lot of people thought that was officiating that he was talking about. It might be that Harbaugh has something going on, and that they know these plays coming before they're coming. Well, I mean, I think the most obvious thing would be if players on the other team are calling out your plays, and it's happening over and over and over again. And I haven't been here all week, so I would love to. You know, it's going to be off the record. I would love to pick the brains of some of the UNLV folks if they were like, whoa, we thought something was really weird in that game as well. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. This Friday, 4 o'clock hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 766-1400. Got to dial 775 in the north. Offices in Reno. And in Henderson and in Las Vegas, we got a 4-2 game, eighth inning. Oh, it's been a game. Texas on top of the Astros. John's got a a future on the Rangers at 20-1 to to win the World Series. Um, We had Garcia hit a big home run and then throw down the bat, stomp on home plate. Next time up, hit kind of up near his underarm and... That's when he got in the catcher's face, and then both dugouts came out, so we got some heat going on in the ALCS. Yeah, it's been a good series, too, and like they're going back and showing some old incidents as well. 
you know, these teams have obviously played each other quite a bit this year. So, boy, the Astros like to celebrate. They like to flex their so- muscles when they hit home runs. What's going on here? Oh, different rules for the other team, huh? Of course. Baseball's yeah. so dumb. It is so dumb. That, but that said, I absolutely would throw at a hitter if I were a pitcher. <laughs> I would do it all the time. I, mean, I, I would be that sore loser baby. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I'm so pro-celebrations. I just don't understand the risk. Because the risk of, like, be old man here. I guess it's not really an old man. It's just the risk of throwing at a guy and what you can yeah. do. I like Maldonado, the catcher. is just like. He's bigger than, well, with the equipment especially. He's bigger than Garcia. Garcia got right in his face. He just turned his head like, get out of here. Well, but also. Probably like, it wasn't me. It's also this. But the other part of this is you're not going to fight. Nobody's going to fight. You're just going to yell at each other and push and do all this sort of stuff. Nobody's actually doing anything here. Except for uh, Adolis Garcia. Hitting massive dongs to take leads, baby. It's what we do here. God, I'd love to know what Garcia just said to Maldonado as they keep showing the replay over and over again. Now Dusty Baker's out. Let's get this game on the road here. Yeah, there's always this Rangers. game's chip. Up. Oh, Dusty's getting crazy. He's going to get tossed. Oh, get out. Yep. Come on. Yeah. Dusty's fired up. Yeah. Yeah. People down here getting crazy. I don't know why more managers and players don't throw the umps out. <laughs> You get out of yeah. here. No, you're out. <laughs> Just refuse to leave until he's gone. Because, by the way, this has also not been a very well-called game by home, at home plate. The, um, the Rangers got out of the seventh, I think it was, on a ridiculous strike call that looked like about a good six inches off the plate. So I think Baker's frustrated because of that and some other incidents that have happened. Yeah. It's been a really inconsistently called game. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but when do we just – Tell the union, and I'm a big union guy, but tell the union to F off. There is going to be robot umpire calling the balls and strikes, and here's the deal. You guys can all keep your jobs. We have the money. You're just not as involved as you've been. We've got better technology that can do it. You're affecting the freaking outcome of, you know, 162-game season into the playoffs. You're altering potential titles. Because you don't know what you're doing. We still need you on, on the base paths. You right. know, so you can be there first and second, and or excuse me, first and third, and you can judge calls and do all that sort of stuff. But in terms of the most vital calls, we don't need you anymore. That was a good. By, by the way, that's a role right there for the home plate umpire. Old dude had some really good hands. Yep, he was kind of working Garcia high and low, trying to push him away, keep his hands down. That was good. You get paid a full salary for that. Swallow your pride. Listen, none of us are as good as computers, okay? Do you think that's what I don't remember everything that's on this. I can look it up, all right? And if it takes my job eventually, if there's some AI-generated, awful voice, stuttering mess that can do a show locally in Vegas, do it. I like that. The slow-mo wiggling the finger in front of Maldonado's face. Um, Do you think that's part of the argument, like in talks? Like, whoa, who's breaking up the fights at home plate, guys? That robot's not doing anything. Like, no, it's yeah. no worry. We'll, we'll, yeah. You guys we'll, are. We'll equip them with pepper spray. Literally going to pay you to do nothing except be a little forceful when things get a little bit ugly. Whoa, I thought he got I got, I thought he got thrown out. What are we doing? Dusty's still in the dugout. Actually, I like this move. Don't leave. That's a good point. Like, what are they going to do? They're just going to refuse to play the game now until Dusty leaves? Wow, this is devolving into – this is incredible, actually. If he's, he's not leaving. He's just sitting in the dugout. They need to slow play it. I got some – Got a couple things I got to tell my team. Why not? Play the old man card? Like, oh, sorry, I forgot you threw me out. 
What? <laughs> I can't hear. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't hear you. Do they also throw Garcia out? Is that what the delay is for? No way. They did, didn't they? Mm. Oh, okay. So I think this is why. This is why. So Abreu got ejected. Dusty Baker came in and then got ejected as well. This is awesome. Baseball. Playoff baseball, baby. Nothing better. <laughs> Watching the Jacksons and old men screaming at each other. This is good by Dusty, though, if he refuses to leave. If he's just like, no. Nah. Hey, he's just taking his time. Is there a clock on this, by the way? Where's Manfred? Come on. Right. Let's get to the next game. He's got nothing to say here. Why? Here's the thing. Dusty knows what Abreu's doing. I, he, I understand. He, I'm sure he told him to right. do it. So, like, I'm, you I have under, to do this. I understand you're frustrated, maybe because, like I said, the, the calls have not been great. The the whole, you know, the strike strike zone's been kind of off today, from what I've watched for both teams. But specifically, there was a very key moment for them. But like, why are you acting like? Well, what do you mean? How could you do this to my guy? We're not privy to everything that was said. But like, no, even if you don't, yeah. even if Dusty didn't like send the edict, hey, hit him. You know what? You, you've you've managed enough baseball. You know what's going on. You know what happened. There's no need to argue. By the way, you you understood what I said earlier too about because um, Garcia basically walked all the way to first base before whipping his bat down. Right. As a pitcher, as a major league pitcher, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be throwing at Garcia because of what he did. I'm just a sore loser. Like yeah, no, I someone know. someone could run 500 miles an hour and do everything right according to the unwritten rules of baseball. I'm still going to hit you. <laughs> so hits a home run and just beelines it out like like through the entire base path as, as fast as he can, and you're still like I'm taking you out next time I see you. As much as I hate Even it, as, as they really, round third, they're like it was a good pitch, Steve. I appreciate it. Just I just got the whole thing. No, there's no. Uh, if uh, if you come from where Jerry Judy and I come from, right. there's no there's no apologizing, and there's also there's also no acceptable home run trot. I'm just mad, and the next time I see you, you're getting a ball in the hip, full on sprint, and you're still gonna get beat. Doesn't matter. Well, that was mad. That was Madison Bumgarner. No matter what you did. Oh, he was with the, He's the worst. With that. Like you, you got frustrated on a strikeout. I'm supposed to strike you out. You put your head down and walk in the dugout. Otherwise, I'm going to start a fight. Like, nah. wait a second. I can be frustrated. Last few years must have been agony for him. Uh, <laughs> right? Considering how bad he's been. He, I mean, he, by his old rules, he would have been tossed every other batter. Yep. Such a freaking lunatic. All right, well, we'll see, if, see what happens here now with uh, the Astros forced to make a pitching change, and they're sort of closer. Ryan Presley's in, but they're down 4-2. You, you go in-game here? Presley hasn't had the, the, the right opportunity to warm up here. You got two runners on, no outs for the Houston te- for the uh, Texas Rangers. Pretty good situation here. Now. You want to lay? You want to go run line here with the Texas Rangers? Are you going to do it? I'm just going to check to see where we're at. I, I got I got some things riding on this here. All right, what's for? Look at yeah, he's refusing to leave. This is great. He's tell he's refusing to leave. Hey, he is just sitting there. That is awesome. He literally crossed his arms in protest like a small child and is just refusing to leave. So I'm a Dolis Garcia. I'm running back out. Yeah. If it, if Garcia really got ejected, all right, I'm not going anywhere either. Wouldn't if you're if you're Bochi, and I don't think Bochi would do this because he's a veteran, old dude, 68. If you're Bochi, do you just take your team? Well, you're already, actually you're not out there. Do you go back to the clubhouse? Yeah. This guy, you know what? When he's you call us when he's out. 
I've always wanted to see this, to see what the umpires are going to do. Yeah. Dusty Baker's like, I, well, I don't care. Yeah, don't leave. This is incredible. Because now, too, I mean, if you're the umpires, you are going to look like such. What am I looking for? Well, now someone's got to step in and be like, Dusty, come on. Give us a chance, man. Right. Oh, the umps, too. Your honor's at stake here. You better not let him get away with this. Look at, look you at don't it. start the game again. Oh, here he goes. Dust, Dusty just punched Yeah, that's right. Pad. Back down, Dust. Ah, they got him to leave. So what's the rules when you get ejected? Where do you have to go? Like, where's the closest Baker could be? Exactly. There'll, there'll be a camera. He'll be he'll be right up the tunnel. Like, right in, the, in front of the first step. I'd be right there. I like that, though. I like that protest. So, I, I think it was probably a stupid protest, but... How about this? Your, your guy's the one who plucked the other guy. Change your outfit. Just go sit behind home plate. In the stands. Just take one of the empty seats. Well... We saw you, talk, you talk about petulant. I can be that petulant. We, we, I'm down. We, we saw Bobby Valentine try to do it with a mustache, which is still one of the greatest <laughs> things ever. Oh, really? That's been done? I didn't know that. Well, he didn't go to the crowd. He just came back out with a mustache on. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. So, so ridiculous. I'd go in the stands, though. Yeah, that guy right there eating Cracker Jacks, I'm telling you, hey, buddy. Move over. I'm Dustin Baker. I'm Dusty Baker. Move. I'm sitting right here. Uh, right now. Then he gets into a fight in the stands. <laughs> he might. <laughs> Imagine you spill a beer on him. He's all he's all annoyed anyway. Rangers in game money line is minus sixty five hundred. I'm looking for the run line though. Oh, good snag though. That was a good throw, real good throws. We uh, have now leaned into doing play by play. What happened, John? What do you mean? On the play? Oh, chopper we we first. Did, we just we just heard a bat. Yeah, bat to ball and <laughs> good throw. Oh, sorry. Yeah, chopped it first, and Abreu uh, dove on it, and then from his rear end on the grass, tossed it over to second for the out. So you got runners on first and third, one out. Rangers up by two runs. Uh, first pitch for the NLCS starts up here, or goes, in about 12 minutes. That's been a fun series, too. 135 right now, the number on the Phillies for the game. You see the uh, Major League Baseball, we talked about this. Like Major League Baseball, I know you and I have discussed kind of screwing itself when it comes to some of these start times. How you had a first pitch at 207 in Arizona yesterday was absolutely insane. Tickets were going for like 20 bucks yesterday in that game. And then yeah. Philly and then Philly fans and people around the country are allowed to call the Diamondbacks fans crap. Oh, you, you saw say a whole bunch of they have no fans. You saw a whole bunch of like call out like a real fan. Like sometimes you can't do that, man. Especially in today's economy, inflation. They got to work. Why do you think I'm here today? You can't call out. <laughs> Why do you think I'm here today? Very nerve-wracking. No one's calling out at Lotus Broadcasting right now. That's right. we got situations going on. Although I may have broached calling out to you just a couple of minutes ago for the game tomorrow because there was a party I was invited to. I heard that. <laughs> you ignored me? <laughs> Pretty much. I was like, please don't. Like, oh, please. That opens a door for it being a choice on my end. <laughs> please, please don't. It's always a choice. Uh, remember, Treasure Island is an awesome spot for Halloween weekend. They really do it up well here. Are you going somewhere? Next week? Like for Halloween? Yeah, you going to a party or is it just uh, all about no, the kids? No, we got invited to a, yeah, an adult Halloween party next Saturday we'll be at. Okay. So did I, but I'm not going to be here. I'm going to do I'll my... In, I'll, I'll be in Fresno. My patented costume that I use probably every other year. Which is? I, uh, I wear, you know, plain black sweater, shirt, whatever. You take, stick it, like, numbers. You know, you use for, like, projects back in the day, whatever. Put it all over your shirt. You're somebody you can count on. Oh, my God. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good costume, man. 
They've got two haunted nights here, haunted nights here at TI. It's next Saturday and Monday. Uh, Saturday the 29th, costume contest, live music, costumes. Uh, the prizes are handed out at 9 o'clock, roughly around 9. That's when the contest is. Live music at 10. And then on Halloween, which is Monday, live music, another costume contest. And when they do costume contests here, it's a really big deal. Like it is high-level pro stuff. $500 first place. 250 for second, 100 for third. Uh, plus those come with bar tabs over at Gilly. So if you're going out for Halloween, pick Saturday or Monday, and you definitely want to stop by Treasure Island, go over to Gillies, parking's free, valet is free, and get yourself hooked up potentially with some great prize money if you nail it with your Halloween costume. We'll get you ready on the other side for the start of the Las Vegas Phillies and also more updates on the near fisticuffs with the Rangers and the Astros.